Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jay Gutierrez on this Tuesday, February 6, 2024. The Bobby Witt Jr. press conference will be taking place at 10 a.m. And we're going to take you right into it and throw to it and play it for you. Isn't that right, Jay Gutierrez? Absolutely correct. There we go. That's right. Uh, but right now, we have Jeff Chidea from NFL Network and NFL.com, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? You know, you know what? It's, the voice is getting better. Not really, but I'm making it. I'm making it happen. Uh, are, you at the, are you at the media hotel? Or are you at Radio Row? What's, what's your location right now? I'm at the Cosmopolitan, ah. which is, uh, I think, uh, about 15, well, maybe about a... 20-minute walk to the Luxor, which is the main media hotel where I think Pat Lebo has set up shop for all his partying this week. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the heart of it. On uh, you know, I haven't been to Vegas in a while, so it's been sort of a, you know, kind of getting get used to all the changes. It's a whole different place than what I actually remember being here. Cosmopolitan is uh, is that you're that's big time, man. You're you're uh, you're rubbing elbows with the upper crust. What that's what right. uh, is is that a big is that a big hub for a lot of action as well? Uh, yeah, I think so far, man. You never really know because just you know we can't really go into the casinos and do that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming that's where all the action is. And we were at media night last night, so I haven't seen all the excitement. But what, from what I'm told, yeah, this is a place. That a lot of people, all the talent in my place is staying here, which is nice because you don't see anybody else. <laughs> but it's it, it's going to be a madhouse uh, fairly quickly here, so I'm, I'm preparing for that. All right, what do you uh, what do you have to say about this uh, so-called controversy about the 49ers not being happy with the field that they're being forced to practice on out at UNLV? Uh, Mark Borick brought up the idea that perhaps Barry Odom is doing this uh, to help his uh, former linebacker Nick Bolton, and I'm here for that. But uh, what what? Uh, what, what do you what do you take away from this? We've already heard complaints about how much the linemen hold. Uh, the owners t- still talking about uh, the holding call he didn't get four years ago, and now they they think the field is too spongy and too soft. Uh, and then people are criticizing the Chiefs for not being willing to uh, to accommodate uh, their by, by, by the 49ers by changing their schedule and letting them practice in the Raiders facility. Andy Reid was asked about it. He says, "I don't know what you're talking about. It's you know it's irrelevant. I, I, don't, I have no idea what you, you know what you mean by this." And so Andy Reid was is already tired of hearing about it. What do you take away from this? Well, I actually ran into the Niners owner Jed York on the way into the media night. And he was—he's he, still upset about it. Yeah, he's legitimately angry about the conditions of the field. And, and what this—this this goes to two things. One, if you remember last year, there were a lot of complaints about the quality of the surface in Arizona on the actual game day—that it was very, you know, slippery and the, the footing was wasn't great. And so the Niners feel as if whatever UNLV's field situation is is not up to snuff and the league is really supposed to have this stuff 
um, taken care of way, way before these teams show up here, maybe months in advance. And so that I think that's the, really at the heart of the 49ers' frustration is that I think that they put down some new side um, a week or two ago and it hasn't taken. And so it's just it's harder for them to go out and do what they have to do. And there, there, there was some discussion about them being able to use the Raiders' facility but they would have to do it at a time. I think in the morning. I think the Chiefs are practicing in the afternoons, and they don't want to change their schedule. And so, look, I, I think it's a real issue if you're not happy with the field because you're always you're kind of opening yourself up to injuries and not being able to go as hard as you want to go. The Chiefs, I think, for some, someone told me, were actually practicing outside in the rain in, pa- <laughs> um, in, in pads, Jeff. Yeah, in pads. So that was interesting as well because both these. Both these, uh, you know, facilities have indoor facilities to go into, but yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's serious, but it, it's just one more thing that at the end of the day they still have to play the game. Nate Bucati, as you, uh, I don't know if you heard the Jake was playing a sound effect of a baby crying in the background. So I don't know if you want to follow up on that, uh, Nate. I'm still. I'm gonna. I'm gonna quote Joe Valerio. They call him the Forty Winers for a reason. Wow. Wow. So. Is that, do they? I didn't hear that. One. I don't know. That's the first time I'd heard it, but I like it, and I'm going to keep using it because they're they're crying about holding penalties that they didn't get, you know, four years ago. They're they're griping about refs like a week before the game. They're griping about their facilities and conditions. It's uh, I don't know, man. I w- I wouldn't love that being the, the the main noise coming from my team yeah. leading up to the game. So let me be devil's advocate here. I've had, we've never heard anybody complain about officiating or. The uh, situation is not related to the field <laughs> with the Chiefs. Not this week. In our lifetime. <laughs> not in the last two weeks. That's right. <laughs> I mean, hey, leading up yeah. to the game, I'm trying to remember a time where the Chiefs were, like, loading excuses up like this before the game even started. I mean, I remember Nick Bosa getting held on third long <laughs> and that not getting called. Um <laughs> I mean, hey, the Chiefs played on the same bad field that the Eagles did last year, you know, and they didn't like the field either. They've had to play on bad fields, and they, yeah, we've heard them talk about it afterwards, but I don't know. It just seems like, man. Well, this is, I mean, I think it is different when you're trying to practice and you're trying to get something accomplished. I think that's that's a fair, if you walk into your workplace and you feel like it's not not up to standards, you're probably going to be like, this is, we're playing, paying billions of dollars or millions of dollars to have this stuff be in good shape and it's not I think it's you know it's I, I don't think that's I think the holding calls and complaining about that is different than complaining about the field quality so how, how do you think this, does this affect anything for the actual game yeah, well that that's really what it, you know most of these both teams and what usually happens is the teams are putting in a lot of their game plan the tougher practices are happening you know, last week, right? And so uh, they were able to get after it and do some things. And so once they get here, Kyle Shanahan even said that, you know, last week that, you know, that most of what they wanted to do as far as installation and, uh, you know, the game planning stuff was was going to happen while they were in San Francisco. And so, yeah, now they, they, they have to do more walking through of stuff now and maybe not be able to get ramped up in the way they'd like to. Uh, yeah, I mean, but that that's, I don't think that, they will be unable to do the things they want to do. It's not like, even with the Chiefs practicing in full pads, it's not like they were doing the Oklahoma drill out there, right? <laughs> you know, they, they're they're trying to 
create a different kind of vibe, a different kind of energy. But, yeah, nobody's trying to put anybody at risk of getting hurt in something like this. And, I, I, like I said, I think it's real. Hey, if Nick Bosa goes out and pulls a hamstring in practice, I guarantee you the Niners are going to be apoplectic about it. All right, so um, the Chiefs, as far as their injury situation, they're going to get, looks like they're going to get Willie Gay Jr. back. Joe Tooney is still up in the air, and we know that uh, Charles Amenehue is out. And so, uh, and look, if, if Tooney doesn't play, you know, they've, they've already gone with Allegretti in the fourth quarter of that Bills game and the whole Ravens game. So um, even though Tooney is one hell of an offensive lineman, Allegretti has shown that uh, he can handle the situation. What about the return of Willie Gay Jr.? Because I think it is important, considering Christian McCaffrey and, and George Kittle and the multiple weapons, uh, Debo Samuel, the multiple weapons that the 49ers use, I think the, the Chiefs linebackers are going to be very, very important in this game. And if they have Leo and Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil. I've said this a million times. It just hasn't happened that often this year. It seems like one of them's always been dinged or hurt or out of the game. If they can have all four of them, they need them uh, in, in this particular matchup. What do you think about uh, Willie Gay coming back and the Chiefs having their full complement of linebackers? Uh, yeah, they're going to need them and the safeties too, for that matter, because I, I guarantee you the Niners are going to attack the middle of the field, and that's what that's their mo. That's what they want to do, and what makes them so dangerous is they can do so much out of out of twenty one personnel, where you got two backs and one tight end, and so that's that's a base formation. Which, if you're Steve Spagnuolo, you have to respond to that with with base personnel because you've got guys out there who who can run the football at you, and you want to have linebackers on the field who can deal with that. Now, the problem is that the Niners can throw out of that pretty effectively uh, with uh, McCaffrey and Juszczyk and Kittle and all those guys. They can put Debo Samuel in the backfield, move them around. So that's what makes it a real chess match. I think it's one of the more intriguing chess matches of the game. There's a lot of different um, matchups that you look at and say, okay, how is this going to play out? But the Chiefs, really, that's where it's – I've said this before. The three players are going to decide this game. Isaiah Pacheco, Christian McCaffrey, and, and Nick Bosa. And if those – if one of those – if Pacheco has a huge game, I think that the Chiefs win. Uh, if Nick Bosa and Christian McCaffrey have big games, I think the 49ers win. And I think McCaffrey, just the way that he's used and the things he's been able to do with that offense, really – you know, it puts a t- it really puts your linebackers in in jeopardy. So they got to be ready to play in this one. I think that the 49ers are ultimately going to be unable to protect Brock Purdy from the Chiefs' assortment of blitzes, and that's going to force him into making one or two big mistakes in the second half. And I think that's going to decide the game. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying because because of formations, they can really control the Chiefs' blitzing because you really. Because think of it this way. If you are the Niners and you want to protect Brock Purdy, your best case, one, he gets the ball out fast. That's the big best thing he does. Two, his pass rating against the Blitz is, is, is I think, almost second to Mahomes' this year. Like he's like 121.8 pass rating against the Blitz. And so he sees it really well. So I don't think this is a game where – the blitz is going to be what disrupts him. It's really going to be um, 
someone like Chris Jones. It's going to have to be the corners making plays. I think it's going to be more about how the secondary and the linebackers play because the ball just comes out so fast, and they are able to motion you and formation you. It's very hard to blitz out of your your base personnel, at least the way that the, the, the Chiefs have it set up, because, again, you can get burned doing that against this guy. So I don't think it's as simple as they'll just do the same thing they did to the other quarterbacks. I think there's a lot more challenges that come with Purdy. It seems like they they had some issues with that, though, against the Packers and the Lions. And I think if they get behind the way they did against the Packers uh, and the Lions, uh, say the Packers or the Lions, they, they, they're not coming back from that. So I think they, it's important for them to avoid getting down because the Chiefs' defense is so good. So, I mean, what? why did they struggle so much against those two teams? Well, one, that's what I'm saying. Pacheco is a big part. They ran the ball well. They started off running the football well. Aaron Jones ran it well. Uh, David Montgomery ran it well in the championship game. Jameer Gibbs. And so that's really where the Chiefs have to start as far as offense goes. It's not going to be – I think it's simplistic to say they're not as defensive and playing that that great so the Chiefs can come in here and dominate. The Chiefs' offense really is still limited in terms of firepower. And so what they've been able to do is, again, rely on three guys, Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rice, to really make plays for them. But I think it's going to be a lot harder in this kind of game because now, one, you're seeing – Again, another big matchup, Nick Bosa against Jawan Taylor. Like, how is that going to play over the course of the of, of this game? It's probably going to be a lot like – it could be a, the worst-case scenario. It's like Max Crosby versus Jawan Taylor. And then you're having to deal with a longer-yard situation. So I think that really establishing Pacheco is, is the key to the, to the Chiefs. And they've done that pretty much every game throughout this postseason. So I think they would continue doing that. Um, they've seen the Niners be – vulnerable to the run, and then from there you're able to, to pick your spots and make your plays to Kelsey and Rice. But again, they're going to have to find another guy to make some plays in the passing game like MBS has done it, you know, the last couple games with a couple catches here or there. Or maybe McCole Harper becomes a bigger factor with reverses in this, but I don't see this being a game where the Chiefs are going to go up and down the field because of what the Lions and the, the, the Packers did. I think the Lions and the Packers have a lot way more weapons than what the Chiefs had to work with in this game. So one of the things the Chiefs um, seemed to do as the season went on, especially you know once you got into the playoffs, they've been using these multiple tight end sets, and that's given them the flexibility to have extra blockers in the run game, but also to, to do things like help out on somebody like Bosa. I mean, do you think that is that that's I've seen pundits give them credit for that's one of the reasons the offense is taking a step forward here late in the season. Do you think that's going to be a factor in this game, especially when it comes to dealing with Bosa? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, I guarantee you they're Andy Reid's first order of business in preparing for this game is, as far as in Matt Nagy is, how are we going to deal with, with Nick Bosa? And the last time they played them, what they did was they pretty much let him, let his aggressiveness be their, um, be their strategy. Like he'll, he'll, like his brother, Joey Bosa, he'll run himself out of place trying to yeah. get big sacks. He's hyper aggressive. So they did a lot of, of Jet sweeps and reverses, and they ran. I think McCole Hardman had three touchdowns in that yep. game they played last year against them. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went back to that well. But the flip side of that is Nick Bosa and the, and the Niners saw that as well. So they probably have to be more disciplined in these situations. But yeah, they're going to have to tip him. They're going to have to, you know, find some way to, you know, get the ball out quick. 
that's and that's what they've been doing on offense throughout the postseason. I mean, the balls come out pretty fast, and they haven't been trying to throw it downfield as much. And you saw that against the Ravens, where they only had, I think, two plays, two pass plays over 20 yards. And, and the one was the last one, the MBS. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of, yeah, the quick screens, the, you know, the slants, the hitches, all that stuff, you know, as being a part of what they want to do offensively because you don't want to sit back there four or five seconds and hope somebody comes open when Nick Bosa's working against your your uh, your right tackle. All right, we have Jeff Chitia live from Las Vegas. We'll take a break and do another segment with Jeff after this on Sports Radio 810 WHP. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you so much for joining us. Stephen St. John and Nate Bucati with Jay Gutierrez on this Tuesday, February 6, 2024. Remind you that we'll have the Bobby Witt Jr. press conference coming up. Uh, we expect it to start at 10 a.m. And so we'll have it for you right when it starts. Right now we have Jeff Chidea from NFL Network and NFL.com live in Las Vegas. So what's on the schedule for you this week, Jeff? What do you got going? It's uh, a good question. I mean, I've got to go do some Jim Rome uh, later today, Jake's favorite guy. Um, I'm going to have dinner with Seren Petro and Eric Eager tonight when Seren gets into town um, sometime this afternoon. And Tomorrow my girlfriend will be here and some friends of mine work for Pepsi and they've got an event going on. I'm going to stop by and NFL honors on Thursday. Oh. We have our, our party on uh, Friday night for the NFL media. And so at the, I'll make my way through it. Uh, I'll kind of maneuver somehow through that, through the week. Where are you going to dinner with Saran and Eric? I'm going to let Seren decide it. He's got a couple yeah. of buddies here. He's also, a lot of time uh, in Vegas. And... Let him decide and let him pay. Dude is loaded. All right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Don't I mean don't even don't even look at the check. And I'm just yeah. from us because I know you do great work on the on the podcast with him, and you do great work for us. Don't even look at the prices. Yeah. I mean, whatever tickles your fancy. Or do look you know, at the prices and go for the the most expensive thing. You know, go get, get the most expensive champagne just to wash your mouth out, just to cleanse your palate. You know. Do you like caviar? You ever had it? Tonight, tonight to try it. Sanitize you know, my hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's the Super Bowl. You yeah. got to live it up. Okay. You know, what's, you know what's great for an appetizer: okay. beef Wellington. Mm. You know, <laughs> heck of an appetizer. And, and I tell you what, a hearty appetizer. You ever had lobster tail for dessert? Oh. You haven't lived. Uh, you haven't lived. Yeah, I went to my I went to my first buffet here yesterday for oh. once because I knew I was going to be busy with media night. It was the Sketchiest, scariest, most awesome experience I think I've ever had. <laughs> Which one did go you on? go to? Please go on. Which tell one? Us, yeah. Tell us more. Yeah. It was it was the Wicked Buffet in uh, in the Cosmopolitan. And so I walk in there and I'm just so like, awesome. yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, my idea of a buffet is like Golden Corral. And no. Like a, Vegas like the, buffets. Like one of the world oh. fun of buffets. You know, it was just like, well, it was like food everywhere. It's like the best. I think I had a plate of like. Fried chicken, the spring roll, like a, a banh mi salad, crab legs, Italian sausage. What was the best? Just, what was guess. the best item yeah, on the buffet? They, they were tearing those crab legs up. Yeah. The crab legs were popular. I think well, everybody in the house had a, had a plate of crab legs yes. drawn butter in front of them. It was like a, it's like the, the fat bastard in uh, 
the uh, Austin Powers stuff. Uh, right, right in America. So, so over the top. But, I mean, for you, what was the best item on the buffet? You know, to be honest with you, I had, a, I had some kind of strawberry jelly donut type thing oh. at the end. That was a little tiny donut. Well. So it was... Um, it was actually pretty tasty, but it was it was just funny to see all of this different food lined up and just like people were going. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and yeah. people were like, Caesar's, they were still serving breakfast. In Caesar's place. buffet is phenomenal. MGM has a good one. Yeah, yeah. But, but the people the people in there it was scary. There was some there was some. <laughs> So it was like the Star Wars bar, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It used to be me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it used to be Jake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. All right, so when you look at this game on paper, they won't play it on paper, but how, how do you think this game plays out? Take us through this. And, uh, you know, let us know what, what the, you know, is it going to be a shootout? Is it going to be a defensive struggle? What kind of game are you anticipating on Sunday? I think it's more of, I think it's more of a defensive struggle. Um, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and I said that really, as much as we'll talk about the strengths of each team and the stars, I really think the weaknesses are what are going to decide it. I think it's going to be more about which team can exploit the other team's weaknesses. And so, you know, as you mentioned, the Niners' defense, you know, is it going to be vulnerable again? Are they going to have answers for that? And, and the Chiefs, as much as they played better offensively, like, it's still a lot of – I think it's more about savvy coaching and, you know, the greatness of Mahomes and Kelsey now than it is about – here are all these options that they have. And so I think about the second half of that Ravens game, now a much better defense. But, you know, and the Niners defense is good. The Niners defense was third in the league. They were, they were like, the Chiefs gave up 17.5 points. They gave up 17.3. I mean, so it's not like they're awful. But it's, you know, they are more vulnerable now based on what you saw the last two games. So um, I, think, I think it's more about kind of what we saw in that Ravens game where it's kind of nip and tuck. Uh, who makes the big turnover? Who makes the big mistake? I don't see it as a. I don't see one. Chiefs, if it's played in the 30s, that's not good for the Chiefs. They probably want to play a more low-scoring game. And I think the Niners want to protect themselves from falling behind in the way they did against Detroit and, and Green Bay. So I think they're probably going to be more ball-control oriented and try to do some other things that. You saw Buffalo do against the Chiefs. Like, I think McCaffrey is going to be like what James Cook's been for the Bills. Like, I think that the offense will try to control the ball for about 35 minutes and try to limit the Chiefs' possessions. Um, conversely, I think, you know, is going to have some stuff dialed up uh, to try to, you know, take McCaffrey away and try to, you know, like you said, put pressure on Purdy in some way. But I think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are probably the safer bet because, it, you know, in a one-game scenario, you're probably going to go with Patrick Mahomes. They've been here before. Yes. Uh, I think it's scary to me. I'm, I'm always leery of picking. I've always said it, I'm leery of picking teams to go back-to-back. I think I'm a little bit, you know, maybe this, this is, sounds weird, but I think karma is not working in the Chiefs' favor. I think we have with Mahomes' dad being arrested. It's eerily similar to Andy Reid's son being arrested when they left town to go play against Tampa. 
you know, they had a couple big injuries in that game against Tampa a couple of years ago. And now I mean, he goes down in the championship game. Joe Tooney's down, which are huge. I mean, the Chiefs aren't the same team they were, you know, whatever, even last year. Like, they need to have all their best players playing their best. And so to be down a couple players, it does give me some pause. And I do think it, it would not shock me if Brock Purdy had an Eli Manning moment in this game. I think a lot of people doubt this guy. A lot of people think he's not up to up to snuff. And I think if you look at his numbers and look at the way he's played, especially in the last couple of weeks with um, those comeback wins, there is something about him that is um, that should be a little bit scary for, for Chiefs fans. I mean, he could come in here and make a couple of plays at the end of the game and win it for them. But I would think the Chiefs in a close game, I'd take them 23-21. And, and see, the question I was going to have, you, you talk about the factors that, that work in the Chiefs' favor. I, I just, I don't I don't think I hear enough people talk about, and maybe greatness is the wrong word, you can correct me if you think it's wrong, the greatness of Steve Spagnuolo in the playoffs and this defense, because since the year 2000, the only three teams that have given up fewer points per game in the playoffs, if you go to a minimum of three, the 2000 Ravens, the 2002 Buccaneers, and the 2013 Seahawks. This, this, this team's you know, allowing less than 14 points per game, having played the Dolphins and then at the Bills and at the Ravens. And, and if they go out there and only give up 17 or, or 20, uh, I mean, that's, that's an unbelievable stretch. And this defense could end up... We look back at one of the better playoff defenses we've seen over the past couple of decades. And, oh, by the way, Spags has been the architect of a couple of those. And so how much of a factor is that? What you know? Of course, Andy Reid is an advantage. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is an advantage. But what kind of advantage is Spags in the way this defense is playing? Well, I mean, they're the reason they're here. I mean, that's been clear all season. I mean, is. As great as Andy Reid is, as great as Mahomes and Kelsey have been, like they're not here. They might not be in the playoffs without that defense. I and mean, they haven't given up so, double digits yeah. in the second half since week fourteen. It's I mean, they're they're on such a stretch right now, it's 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 elevated even to what they were in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Um and so yeah, I think that it's I don't think that there's I think they've gotten all the the flowers they deserve, and, and as has he. As, as you know, it's like you can't say enough about what he's done. And I've always said that, you know, you got to have a, a good defense win a championship. If you have a great one, you got a great opportunity to win one. So that again is, you know, that's what I would say when you look at what they have, what they've done, and how they've operated, especially in these key moments. I mean, they don't, you know, look. It's they beat the Ravens by seven points. If they get one less turnover, or force one less turnover, or they have one more turn, if they have a turnover on offense, they probably don't win the game. And so that's the kind of margins they're playing with, and they've delivered and at every step of the way. So you have to give them a ton of credit. And that again, that's why it's a, a, another intriguing matchup because now he's going against the best play caller he's going to see probably all season in, in Kyle Shanahan, and and and, and you know, an offense that is whatever, top three in the league with all these weapons. And it's a different kind of a different kind of challenge because I look at the the Ravens game and the Bills game 
the Dolphins game, I thought, was because of the weather and the way the Dolphins had played against good teams all season long. I mean, that was kind of to be expected. But they've they found ways to make the plays they've had to make, which is what you really want from a really good defense. And I think they'll have to do that again in this game against a very different kind of challenge offensively in terms of the versatility, the overall talent, and the imagination of the play caller. All right, one more time. Give us that official score. Chiefs 23-21. Okay, I'm glad you had him repeat it. <laughs> what is that? Well, I just wanted to make sure I wrote it down right. You know? Uh, he thought he was going to the 49ers. Him. No. You, were, you were leading us that's up to the 49ers the whole way. Yeah. And then you... And then uh, you, you that's, that's a, a one-game scenario. Look, I think it's a close game. You guys don't think it's a close game? I think it's a uh, seven-point game in the fourth quarter. And uh, Brock Purdy turns the football over, and the Chiefs score a touchdown late to put it, or a field goal to put it at ten or fourteen. Not unlike the first Super Bowl that the Chiefs played with the Forty ers because that was what a close. Got, that was a close game throughout, but it ended up being an eleven point game. So that, that's that's what I'm anticipating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're up ten in the fourth quarter. Right. <laughs> then they, then yeah. they imploded. Yeah, I think it's a one. I think it's a one score game. I think the Chiefs win by somewhere around. Three, four points. 27-21. Look at Jake with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the other thing I would say about this game that it's – I think a lot of people around Kansas City feel like the Super Bowl was played last week against the Ravens. And what you hope is the Chiefs don't feel that way. Because, again, when you're back-to-back, I remember I was telling a story to somebody about Mike Holmgren telling me, when he had the Packers playing the, 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 the Broncos and they were going for their second straight championship and he spent the whole week trying to convince his players that the Broncos were really a good team and they, they weren't having it because they had done so much themselves and they wound up losing that game. I mean, it's crazy things happen. And, and there's a reason why it's hard to win it back-to-back because a lot of things go into it. Jeff Chadia, uh, have a uh, fun week out in Las Vegas, and we will talk to you again uh, next week, my man. All right, guys. Take care. That's uh, Jeff Chadia from NFL Network and NFL.com. His official prediction, Chiefs 23, 49ers 21.